Hola, yo soy Margarita y estás escuchando Limehouse Podcast. This is Paddy Ashdown and you're listening to the Limehouse Podcast. What a good name that is. Hi, I'm Tom Brake and this is the Limehouse Podcast. Hello, this is Nick Clegg and you're listening to the Limehouse Podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Because I'm not persuaded by the case for war. This is what positive politics can do. Dear, well, here we are, guys. Welcome back to the Limehouse Podcast. My God, I'm exhausted. I've just literally run back from central London, Victoria, to record this episode of the podcast uh, from just chatting with blooming Michael Hesseltine, eh? Of all people. Michael Hesseltine, ladies and gentlemen. So I'll be bringing you that next week, that chat, and I hope you're, you're well up for it. But how have you been? What have you been up to? I have been... I've been, I don't know, what have I been doing? Floating around, being uh, me, you know, enjoying autumn sun, enjoying leaves in the park, and and also noting how many parents, like, just chuck leaves up in the air just after you've seen a dog do a shit near the leaves. Anyway, uh, that's me. That's what you, that's what you subscribe for, Yeah observations like that and there are so many more in my brain anyway uh so this week guys what have we got we've got elaine bagshaw and dawn barnes dawn barnes that's right so elaine you you know about elaine but dawn she's a she's a new panelist i'm very excited uh to figure out what you guys think to hear what you guys think rather I, i think you will gain a lot from this podcast obviously it's a pretty somber tone you know to start with we we do talk about uh the sexual harassment cases which have been uh coming up left right and center and and dawn and elaine uh shed some good uh make some good points rather and shed some light on it on it on it all um and I, i suppose i weigh in here and there we talk about jared amara you know Weinstein freak and uh, obviously a bunch of other uh, crap that's been happening um, yeah and it's good I really 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 enjoyed it and I think you will too so I'm not going to prattle on for much longer because you know there's a whole lot of prattling to come which I hope you'll enjoy but yeah I'm, I hope you've been rating the show a few of you have actually a few of you been you know I, I can't thank you enough Quite frankly, I, I can't thank you enough. It's really helping. We've gone from like you know a few to a to a, a more than a few reviews, and 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 please keep doing it, you know, because it really does go a freaking long way. Five stars on iTunes, guys. Keep them coming, okay, okay, okay. So yeah, I, and uh, yeah, obviously we touch on Brexit later down the line. That goes without saying. We talk about Brexit. Jeez, you know, you can't move without hitting a Brexit. And um, I suppose before I do press play on this panel discussion, I want to say hello to a few of our many beautiful listeners out there. And thank you for for tuning in. Thanks for you if you are a newcomer. Hey, look, sit over there in that new beautiful Limehouse sofa we've had made up because there are quite a few more of you guys around. And... Um, and obviously, you know, some of, some of the old guys over there, like Tom Turtle, you can just stay in that shitty seat of yours. It's not shitty. It's a nice seat. 
but you know what you've done to it is disgusting and uh, Steve Steve Little is a we're going to have to have a little chat about Steve Little ladies and gentlemen he's a, he's a listener he's been listening to the show for a while now but um, he was in the Limehouse not uh, not so long ago and uh, he actually left a, a protest sticker in the toilet, uh, not a political one. It was actually a comment on the state of the toilet itself. And uh, we, he knows we've got plumbing issues in the Limehouse. Um, we've just moved in here. And, yeah, you know, the toilets the toilets are broken and, and it overflows sometimes. You know, what are you going to do? You know, I, I, I'm interviewing politicians and mowing lawns at the same time. I, I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. So, Steve, if you've got an issue with the toilets in the Limehouse podcast, you come and mend them. And uh, yeah, there's a hole in the roof, and um, a couple of other people have commented on that. But that's that is becoming more of an issue now with the Limehouse, as it's now approaching winter, and we we've got a few leaks. So yeah, if if you want to, you, you know, um, come along and, and help out uh, rebuild the roof a little, then, then please do. The, the number Right, okay, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go for it. Right, okay. Uh, welcome back, guys, to the Limehouse podcast. We've got a, a round table panel of Elaine and Dawn. Elaine Bagshaw, obviously. Like, <laughs> I don't know how long you've been doing this now. It's like five years. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. So I haven't tossed up how many times you've been on the panel, but I reckon mm. it's it's nearly double figures. Probably. Well, well, because I've done some panels, and then there were loads that we did uh, where it was just you and I having a chat. <laughs> yeah, true. When I, when I was in Thailand via Skype, and and we for the first time we've got uh, drum roll. This is you're going to hear it for for, for the microphone. Oh God, that's really that's like an earthquake. <laughs> Dawn Barnes. Hello. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Because the last time I saw Dawn, I was very very drunk at uh, Liberal Democrat conference, and I, I had a dictaphone and I was just waving it around, going, "Who wants to?" <laughs> oh, that sounds a bit dodgy. Uh, <laughs> Going up to people going, oh, can I talk to you about... Absolute joke. So I've actually got some um, interview stuff. Is that called... Interview stuff? What's that? Um, Box pop. Yeah. Yeah. Some material. And it's so embarrassing, some of the questions. I'm like... "Um, I'm not sure I was much more sober, though, to be fair. So I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I'm not convinced anyone would have been. No, no. So, um, yeah, no, it's just really great to have have you both here on on one of the worst worst weeks, I think, that's ever uh, come to light, I think, on the sexual harassment stage. Um, who, Who wants to pick it up? I think it's going to get worse. I think it's going oh, yeah. to be like MPs' expenses and they're just going to keep coming with it. But I don't think that it is limited to Parliament. I think mm-hmm. it happens everywhere. So I think if Westminster can get its house in order and be very public and that's all going to be a bit dirty and horrible, then perhaps it'll follow through for others. Yeah. Can I ask, Elaine, where were you when you felt when this... I mean, I suppose it's not where were you because it's been a slow burner, hasn't it, really? Mm. Um, it's not like someone passed away as such. Harvey Weinstein, for example, did you did you see this coming? This whole the ripple effect, the tsunami through every single industry. Um, not really. Not when Weinstein started. I guess when the Me Too hashtag started, then it seemed like there was more momentum around people coming out and speaking up. And um, one of the interesting things around the whole Westminster story has been how surprised people have acted. Like, so when it's reported, people are like, I can't believe this is going on. Um, I don't know if Dawn was the same, but I was like, 
this is so obvious like you know everyone knows that it happens um and it's just not ever been dealt with like for as long as there has been parliament this kind of stuff has been going on it's been going on within every single party that's in existence yeah so for people now to be you know claiming that they're really shocked and they can't believe it was happening um it's pretty nonsensical really so and 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 dawn i'm i i i guess i'm kind of trying to say hey how do you feel about it but it's kind of like like you said uh, elaine it's ridiculous what do you mean how do you feel about it it's been going on for ages but i guess it's more shocking that the women that have tried to report because it has been around for mm-hmm. a while and it has been reported before have been so shouted down as if it's their fault mm. and then we're going to have to hear these stories again and quite often and it's not always women and it won't always be women mm-hmm. who were the victim but we're going to have to hear those stories and they're going to be in the press. So those poor people who've been on the receiving end of this behaviour have got to relive it all mm. and it's got to be in print. Mm. And, you know, things like your mum and dad are going to know. It doesn't matter how old you are, you really don't want your mum to hear some of what's going to come yeah. out. And it's it's going to be tough and it's going to hurt families and people. Yeah. And that's the real the real shocker. Well, it's, mm. it's just so deeply disturbing. It's like you said, I mean, there are so many different facets to this. There are people that have, like, remained silent because because of that exact reason mm. it's deeply personal mm. and, and traumatic and a lot but, of victims tend to think it's partly their fault as well they yeah. feel sullied they feel dirty they wonder did i behave in a certain way that mm-hmm. brought that behavior onto me is it a little bit my fault yeah and of course we've i, I suppose it's quite important to re, re you know uh the political landscape we're in now where we're coming from is like what the 19 you know i suppose you'd say the 1970s as far back as as reaching as there might be like the likes to say to Dennis Skinner, who like people that might remember, like the fathers of the house, mm. that would remember this kind of like reach back into that kind of era. I think now, oh, 2017, that doesn't happen anymore. And then you have Jared O'Mara and it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Like that. It does happen. And it, it's not just at that level that it happens as well. So there have been a lot of really shocking stories that say like the Bex Bailey one is mm. um, is incredibly like amazing of her to have come out and talked about what happened to her um, but there is a lot of the kind of lower level stuff that just happens at conferences and events and those kind of things and there is just this culture of very entitled men and not even necessarily men who are in power I've had men who are just candidates mm. who when they've like given me a hug to say hello feel like they're then allowed to feel me up at the same time um and that happens like throughout stuff uh, and that kind of low level like i am entitled to do whatever i want kind of behavior is rife in all political parties and it's not funny but it's almost because they think they're really important because they're yeah. a candidate and yeah. they're not you know they're as important as i am yeah, this is true yeah it's like so we're, we're talking about PPCs, are we? Yeah, prospective parliamentary candidates. Yeah. yeah. And I so, had it when I was chair of what's now the Young Liberals, was then Liberal Youth. You'd yeah. go to cross-party events and it would be exactly the same there. They'd just literally just be really handsy. Yeah. What the fuck? This is so nuts because like, in my mind, I'm... Oh, God. I don't want to be like, I'm so holy than thou. But that is just un- unreal to me. Like, mm. that, that, that would be... Look, I mean, I suppose my... Um, my viewpoint is yeah uh, old school uh, Michael Fallon did kind of was a bit gropey and Mm. and grubby um, but I just can't see like 
young guys thinking that that's but that's so naive right mm-hmm. that's quite a naive yeah. thing to think it's the, a nice mm, thing to think right yeah. but sadly it's not true yeah. yeah the like the number of people who have said to me on the jared omara issue well he was 22 right <laughs> and so like, how, how does that how does that make you feel dawn when you hear about that he was 22 doesn't matter not doesn't doesn't matter but it's oh it was 15 years ago i mean it matters immensely on on both counts mm. it's quite amusing recently i I've been talking to a friend who's got a kid and he's five now and he's just gone into his second year of, of um, primary school and he's got a thing at the moment about running around and touching bums. Now, he's not bothered who's <laughs> bum, boy or girl, but all the boys in the class do it because they're obsessed with bums at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, he thinks babies come from bums and he's obsessed with poo. <laughs> and that's and so she has to talk to him about it. And she said it's quite a difficult conversation, but he needs to know mm. that that is not appropriate behaviour. So if you can start that conversation with a five-year-old, I think you can start it with a 22-year-old or mm-hmm. a 60-year-old or wherever you'd like to go in terms of age. Yeah. But you have to be clear about boundaries and, mm. and where they are and what you can and can't do. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I do. I, I feel like, um, it, for me anyway, root... Is always it's school, right? Where where have we gone wrong? Where do you think we have gone wrong? Clearly, not necessarily. Yeah, mate, it's blokes, really, isn't it? Let's be honest. Where the hell have we dropped the ball so badly? This is so endemic. It's just everywhere. Not just in in politics, mm. but it's everywhere. Well, it's just longer term culture, isn't it? So I remember growing up in the time of lads mags. Um, where you know it was perfectly acceptable for you'd walk into a newsagent and alongside smash hits and whatever else there was zoo and nuts and all the rest of it um, and that was just deemed as like completely normal um, and anything like TV shows films all of them you know there's the whole thing around the bestel test like most things that people are watching when they're growing up had very few strong women characters in them they're all like damsels in distress that need to be saved yeah. and so it's all of that alongside what goes on at home and what goes on in school and everything else that has bred this culture of, you know, women are playthings um, yeah. and people can do, you know, men feel that they are entitled to do whatever they like with them. Yeah. Women are possessions as well or have traditionally yeah. been a possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that still somehow has remained in the psyche. Mm. Mm. And I don't really know what you do. And I don't, you know, obviously it happened since way before the, the lads mugs came out. And hopefully it won't go on forever more. Mm. But have, have you read The Power? That's oh my known. God, uh, my, my wife literally read that okay. this, on, when we were on our read honeymoon. It. Ah, I've yeah, read yeah, it, yeah. She says absolutely off the... It's, it's t- sorry, you explain it because you've well, read it. Well, it's just a, it's, it's a complete about turn. So women have all of the power. They have this, this special power where they can send electric through you. And so they suddenly control all of the men. And you know, And there's cases where it's insinuated that a man has been raped or a man has been attacked and women can do this and the men are in fear of the women and Mm. they can't have the top jobs and they're a coups and they take over countries and it's a real changer my flatmate read the book and he said oh you should read it Mm. I found it uncomfortable and when I read it I thought yeah you found it uncomfortable because you're an Oxbridge graduate he's lovely but you're an Oxbridge graduate (laughs) you've got all the entitlement you've got a high-powered job with all the cash and you're reading this and thinking that's what it's like for women. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was um, there was there was um, there's a male genital mutilation, isn't there as well? Yes. In that mm. book, um, I found it absolutely. I, I obviously I didn't read it, but I um, but she was like in, explaining in detail what was going on whilst I was reading like Evelyn War, like you know, <laughs> like, how typical. You I know? Think what's quite scary about it though is that the women very much take up a male role and they are going to war mm. and causing all kinds of aggro. And I've always thought. 
if women were in charge, I'd hope it would be different. And in this book, it's not. It's mm. exactly the same, but yeah. just with the role reversal. Yeah, no. So, I mean, do you, do you feel my, my um, just to go back to what I suppose this stuff that really started this this ball rolling uh, in, in, in Westminster is Jared O'Mara. Um, my thought today when I was working, I was thinking, I don't want to, I don't want him to just get away with this. I, I, think, I know maybe he won't, but there's just so much going on at the moment. He's maybe getting a little bit of a, a breather because of mm. people like Michael Fallon are coming forward and probably like you said, Dawn, so many more others to come forward. Is he, you know, I want Nick Clegg back up in Sheffield Hallam. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I think, so one of the dangers with it is that people look at Jared O'Mara and Fallon and, and everything else and Weinstein and whatever else and rather than going, all of this is unacceptable, I imagine there will be people around Jared going, oh, but he's not Michael Fallon. Or yeah. he's not whoever else ends up coming out in the next few weeks because I'm pretty sure there's going there's loads more waiting to come out of the woodwork. And so that kind of behaviour ends up almost being allowed because it's not as bad as some of the other stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it's making, particularly within the Labour Party, it's down to them to keep pressure up on that he does that there are consequences for for what he's done i personally don't think that will happen and yeah. um, the fact that he's not spoken in parliament but people were on the daily politics defending him saying his maiden speech was incredible suggests they don't really know anything that's going on in their own party or know who he is yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is true but i mean obviously there was um it was quite interesting this week on the guardian um podcast Oh, shock horror, I listened to the Guardian podcast. Um, no, they were saying it's really, we've got to be careful not to um, make it about one party. You know, mm. we've got to make this a whole thing. Yeah. Would yes. you say, would you it, agree It has with to be that? everybody because it has happened. I'm sure it's happened anyway in all of the parties. Mm. And I don't think we can use one as a scapegoat. I think, of course, the Conservatives are going to be at the top of it at the moment because they are the party in power and in government. But we've already seen the rape allegation come through about Labour, which is mm. awful. Mm. Um, but it doesn't really matter what party it is. Those actions just aren't acceptable. It's, it's a crime. Mm. Yeah. I mean, because we, we had, um, obviously, the last episode of the Limehouse podcast, which is still available on iTunes mm. and SoundCloud, by the way. Um, yeah, we had Jo, uh, Jo Swinson. I, I, I went and chatted with her. And we, we spoke, um, I think it came towards the end of the interview, I was slightly I don't know I, I didn't know whether I should ask it or not but I just asked about whether or not she was a, a, not offended but affronted that another you know white guy in, you know in a high powered uh, with a high power background had was leading a, a, the Liberal Democrats for the what 50th time mm. you know and um, yeah she didn't go too much to town on that uh, answer but how do you how do you feel about that Dawn well there wasn't a huge pool of candidates. So the last two <laughs> we didn't had, get to vote. Yeah. <laughs> the last two, I mean, what we had in 2015, we had eight white men. So, mm. and because we have to have an MP as the leader, you've got a very limited pool. Mm-hmm. And this time we've got 12 and they're not all white men, which is great. Mm-hmm. But nobody put themselves forward for it this time around and whether or not they do in the future, I shall, surely hope they do. Yeah. Um, we, we don't know, but we definitely need a bigger pool of people to choose from. But that's, I mean, it kind of comes back to the whole issues around the culture and the fact that the men feel they have the right to grope. Because if you've got a parliament that is more diverse in every working area, if you've got more women, more uh, more equal with the men, you've got more diverse people, you've got people from various different backgrounds, and I don't just mean um, 
BAME people, but I also mean people from different social backgrounds, mm. you know, yeah. that went to state schools, that went to Eton, that did everything in between. Yeah. Then you'll have a more balanced place and you won't have this feeling of entitlement. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And and uh, Elaine, I, I, the, only, I, the only reason I'm asking this is obviously is because it, it, Vince Cable, leader of the Liberal Democrats, was kind of coronated mm-hmm. uh, and and it, it, it a lot of people, whenever it came up, was why isn't Jo Swinson leader? Yeah, well, she she didn't want to run, which was disappointing for me because um, I think she uh, was and still is the right person. Whether or not she will be when there is eventually an election, uh, we'll see what happens. And mm-hmm. um, my most depressing thing actually over the last couple of years and just in the wider political context has been when these progressive movements have sprung up. So like the changes in the Labour Party, the supposedly progressive, like kind of let's not have Hillary Clinton movement in the Democrats in the States. All of those movements have gone, it's got to be an old white man that leads us. And yeah. that's the answer. Um, and it's just like, it's incredible that we're in 2017. And I feel like like women's voices are getting smaller, actually. Mm. And we're getting far more drowned out in the political system. Um, and like, we're just stepping backwards all the time. And it's really, really frustrating. And in our own party... There are loads and loads of brilliant women like in the Lords, in local government, as well as the parliamentarians. There's Caroline Pigeon on the Assembly. We've got people in the Welsh Assembly and the Scottish Parliament. But you just always hear from the same ones all the time. It's like there are so many like uh, things that I've sat in in the Lib Dems where they're like, oh, we need a woman. Let's get Lynn Featherston. Let's get Joe Swinson. When Sarah Olney got elected in Richmond Park, it was then her. Like, yeah. And so you just end up seeing this pool of like three or four women and and that's it. And there needs to be more pressure to give more voices to more more people and more opportunities. Definitely. But I had this conversation with the press office um, at at conference and I just said, you know, part of the problem Mm. and part of the reason people were very keen to have Vince was, oh, he's got great media profile. Tim didn't have any. And that's really important. The media profile. Well, that's all well and good. But actually, if we've got Vince as the leader now and if he decides to retire or something, then who's next? Because Mm. actually the profile of the other MPs with the exception of a couple, isn't great. So we're no. still going to have a small pool of, a very small of maybe two people yeah. mm. who have all this media coverage, which is the most important thing in a party leader, according to many. Yeah. And it's up to us to push. And the press office said, well, that's all well and good, but actually if we go with somebody that's not well known, the media aren't very interested in running the interview. So it sounds a bit chicken and egg, and how do you change that? Is it that we need to push it more on our website and everywhere else? So Mm. it might be that it's Tom Brake who does the interview, but if you were to go to the website to look, it would be Joe Swinson or Layla Moran, who is actually featured as owning the story. Or do you just keep pushing and say, there is no one else, you have to have this person? Mm. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna uh, what we're gonna talk about Brexit, aren't we? Because in my mind, this is um, if this doesn't go through. And and it's sorry, it's it's for us to have a final say on the deal. The, the, yes, for yeah. Parliament to have a final say. There's four amendments that they're putting forward, and that's the the one that sticks in my mind because I think it's the most important. Yeah. yeah. Well, how on a scale of one to ten, how terrified are you guys about this? Because I'm pr- pretty scared if this doesn't go, f- if we don't get any changes on this one, or I I. I really still struggle to talk about it I get well, upset <laughs> unfortunately I get, mate you've got <laughs> I, I still get tears in my eyes if I think about it too much mm. and I keep thinking oh it's not really going to happen we're really not going to be that stupid 
but we are and there's a chance we're not even going to have a deal I'm terrified mm. I'm devastated I studied in France I had an Erasmus grant to go and study there yeah. I want everybody to have that opportunity mm. if they want to study a language and go and do that and if they want to work abroad I could go and work in France relatively easily my French is a bit rusty now but it wouldn't be yeah. a problem to bring it back yeah and that opportunity could be taken away from me. And if things are bad here, but they're better in another country, mm. isn't it good to be able to move? There's, you know, I just don't understand why we would, it's cutting your nose off to, to spite your face. It really mm. is. Yeah. And, and uh, Elaine, have you got any similar sentiments? Well, kind of every time I look at it, I've, I've come to the conclusion that it's either we're going to come crashing out with no deal, no transition, absolutely nothing, um, or it won't happen because... I think there is a chance that there will be a point in the next 18 months where someone comes and, make, and makes a statement in parliament and says look this is actually like this is a too difficult we've lost however many eu nurses we've lost this amount of money in the economy already interest rates have just gone up today that's you know that's just the beginning of i think what's coming well that came um, that stat about was it 90 percent or something of of, of um uh, nurses from europe applying for jobs in the uk that that's like there's now like, there's now more leaving than there are joining yeah so yeah there's a massive a massive that ex- really has an impact on local services because in the mm. run-up to the general election in 2017 i spoke to my local local hospital and i just asked them for the figures on how many doctors nurses midwives are from the uk from the eu and from mm. international countries anywhere not in the eu and it was pretty much 60% are UK, roughly 20% EU nationals, mm. and the rest from the rest of the world, another 20%. So effectively, you could knock 20% of your workforce out in a mm. local hospital like that. That is that's te- that is tear-jerking, really. But mm. worse, if you think about it, there's a lot of British people living in Europe yeah. who are older because they've retired there. Mm. If they were to all come back, at the same time you've reduced your, your hospital staff mm-hmm. by 20%, imagine the extreme pressure on the staff in the hospitals. It's almost like you're suggesting that we didn't think about this before we <laughs> voted and that it was too binary. I just don't really... I still... I, I mean, I, I take your point, Elaine. Mm. There's someone, someone's going to stand up 18 months and go hey guys it's too fucking crazy Mm. we can't do it but for me it's always been about pride for in pride in people um nostalgia obviously Mm -hmm. and just stubbornness um and i don't think that's going to change enough because we're not going to see the shit hit the fan it's always going to have to be about the shit hitting the fan and stuff getting so bad and then it'll be too late but there's a whole they've done polling on there's a whole group of leave voters i believe it was mostly the group that voted leave that are over the age of 65 who basically don't care so there's a whole set of YouGov data where they ask some specific questions like what if all of your children lose their jobs because of brexit and majority of them come back and said doesn't matter like yeah. it is more important to me that we leave and there is a part of me that just says that that's incredibly irresponsible for a government to follow that line of thinking there is a there's a point i think when you're a parliamentary democracy that government has to turn around and go you know what, we're not going to let you shoot yourselves in the foot and we're not going to let you cast aside an entire mm. generation and damage the economy. Like, you know, just because you want to um, lead to all of these nurses leaving, which may mean you can't get care when you're older, we think that's possibly not a good idea. So we're not going to let you do it. And um, in the same way that like Chukra Muna made this point, finally, at Labour Party conference this year, if you had a poll now on bringing back the death penalty, it would probably be a majority in favour. But it's highly unlikely the parliament would actually yeah. push that through. 
So why is this any different? No, exactly. Sim- similar sentiments, I should imagine, Dawn. Very much so. But yeah. Um, yeah, don't say that about older people, though. My dad is devastated. He'll be 71 next oh, month. Yeah. And he, he feels that people look at him and think he voted leave. And he just oh, no. walks around telling people he definitely didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. My dad's, so my dad's 72. And I thought he would be pro-Brexit, but he wasn't in the end. And the story I love uh, that he tells is he was uh, growing up in the time of rationing. So when people talk about the banana story, he's like you're lucky that we live in peace and you have bananas. Like, yeah. I didn't see one until I was, like, 13 years old. Yeah. You know, you should be glad that you're in a position where they can be regulated. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean... It puts it into perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, that's what we're severely lacking. But, I mean, so, so obviously, just going back to that, um, the, the final vote in Parliament, I have noticed that the, the second referendum uh, subject has mm. the possibility of it. It's, it's starting... So... Well, the Liberal Democrats ran that, um, you know, the whole of their uh, general election campaign on the second referendum, not all of it, but most of it on the second referendum, exit from Brexit, that kind of stuff. Mm. Or maybe exit from Brexit was Vince's. Yeah, so that's Vince. Um, and I've just lost my thought, but it'll come back to me in a second. But yeah, so and it's just coming up more and more now. The second referendum in media, you hear it, you know, the channels is starting... Maybe it's starting not to just be this stupid Liberal Democrat idea... And that's a cat scratching in the window. Um, and he, he's up for a second referendum. And <laughs> it is the worm starting to turn, as Paddy Ashdown was sort of saying on this podcast a little while ago, about how we've, we, we will end up, the, the, the tide will change. I hope so. I mean, this vote that they're going to mm. hopefully all put their, their names to the amendments yeah. could be the start of that. And I think publicly people are beginning to come around to the idea that they would like to have a a vote on the final deal mm. I think yesterday it was a lot of farmers in the news and they were talking about um, some kind of business deal with China and there was one woman who was saying I'm really hoping that this happens and we're not going to have to sell up and we'll be able to invest and continue with our farm and you know it's it's all well and good that oh it's easier for the UK as one country to do a deal with China but actually it's walking away from a very straightforward deal with 26 countries mm. right on our doorstep before we before we end, I just wanted to ask, um, or just um, Dawn's obviously new to the show, so I just want to give give the listener an opportunity to know what, what your background is. Why like, why why are you in the why are you involved in the Lib Dems? What happened? I know. I mean, on paper, I should be a Labour Party member. Yeah, I'd be an MP <laughs> by now if that was the case. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah. um, you said it. <laughs> so I'm not in it for those reasons. I mean, I do want to be an MP, of course, but I've always gone with the tough slog. And I guess basically the fact the Tories got rid of our minds, but Labour never did a thing about it. And I just think that there are things that we can do. I think the Liberal Democrats have got a part to play across the country, but need to look to the North as well. Mm. Okay, well, cool. We're probably going to call it quits now, uh, because it's, what is it? What time is it? It's 25 to 9, and it's a long way to North London from here. (laughs) Don't don't complain, you're on the Limehouse podcast. Um, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. What an honour. So yeah, um, it's goodbye from me and... Goodbye from me. Which is Elaine, obviously. <laughs> and goodbye from Dawn. There you go. Um, and, and bye from Rosie, the jingly, noisy dog. See ya. Alan, Alan didn't even say goodbye. It's Alan's, rude. Alan's <laughs> <gone>. <laughs> yeah, It's never a rabbit hole. So guys, that's it. The end of the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Of course, please, if you've enjoyed this... Tweet, tweet the show, and and let's have some chat. It's at Limehouse 
pod. And of course, you can always review us on iTunes. You know how far that goes. It's always great to get a five-star rating on iTunes. It really does go an awful long way. So keep those coming, guys. And please keep sharing the show amongst your, your friends and family. It is, it's so encouraging to see the, the growth of this show. So thank you so much. And keep on with those five-star reviews on iTunes. We'll have a Michael Hesseltine interview for you next week. I'm meeting up with, with George and uh, Tom King, a new panelist that we're going to be bring, bringing on the show. We're doing that tomorrow night, and I'm looking forward to it. We'll probably be talking a lot about the Paradise Papers. Uh, George has had some uh, some involvement in that. He's a, a journalist, and he's been doing his utmost to get to the bottom of that absolute... Um, whatever the hell it is. Uh, it's a shower of shit, isn't it, really? It's a shower of shit that we all completely know about anyway it's not a shock it's just it's got more faces and names to it i suppose you'd say it's got more figures attached to it it's 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 just it's horrid it's vile it's disgusting and grubby and we're going to be talking about it trying to make a head 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 and tail of it all but um yeah before i go uh sarah only has stepped down from her role as chief of staff to vince cable uh, a bit of a shock, really, because I, I believe it's been uh, it's been brought to my attention that she she wants to go back and campaign in Richmond Park. So fantastic, that's great. She's she's wanting she's wanting to do that. Um, however, it does make me think about the level of inco- uh, incompetence within the the Liberal Democrat Party itself. I don't want to get too uh, you know negative. Because I know we're, we're all a happy little family here at the Limehouse podcast. You know, you enjoy you enjoy coming in here and, and I enjoy having you here. But I, I do want to just maybe suggest that there is a level of incompetence where you employ someone uh, who, who doesn't have an awful lot of political experience, whose who's really main game, main goal rather, is to be a campaigner. They want to be a politician. And when they, you know, when they get given the role of Chief of Staff to Vince Cable and they get told, look, you will not be able to campaign for the Liberal Democrats whilst you're in this job role. It just doesn't doesn't work like that. But they have the notion that they can still do the campaigning and this goes on and on and on until they say, well, no, you know, you can't. So she steps down. That does ruffle a few feathers, I suppose. Uh, I, I know a few people that did apply for that, that job, that Sarah's job that she had as chief, uh, chief of staff to Vince Cable. And I think their noses have been slightly put out by this. And I think if you are a member of the Liberal Democrats, it, it is quite interesting to learn of this because it's not just as black and white as, oh, Sarah loves campaigning. She's gone back to doing what she does best. It It is as simple as that in one regard, but in the other, it's it's incompetence, isn't it? Because Sarah, as, as much as we, we love her, wasn't able to do that role, to be that person. And how is it that they, those people, those top dogs, were not able to see that? It's a, it's a little bit of a um, brain teaser. That's what it is. It's a bit of a brain teaser. Bearing in mind there are some people out there that would have applied for that job they probably would have had about mm, 10, 15, 20 years of political experience, lend their opinion and put it on the party in a beautiful, positive way. Anyway, anyway, I'm ranting, but you you get where I'm coming from. I think maybe the Lib Dems need a bit of a kick up the arse um, because I think a lot of the, the country needs a, a centrist party that has has those pro-European values at heart. And, and 9% in the polls still 
is a bit crap. I don't know who to blame that on. We'll allow history to uh, dictate that one, I suppose. Maybe we'll jump forward six months and we'll have a look back and we'll be able to have this this discussion. But at the moment, I'm going to give Vince Cable a bit more time. I'm, I'm not going to necessarily point the finger at Vince Cable, but I'm not really going to point the... The, the finger at the fact that we've only got 11 MPs. Oh, it's the fault of the media that we're, we're not getting anywhere anymore. I, I'm, I'm not going to... That's poor excuse now. I think strategy, isn't it? The Liberal Democrats need need a strategy and we need to start making, making some headway because otherwise it's kind of becoming a bit ridiculous. We're, we've got an opposition that has... Comp- Labour are just hand-in-hand hand with the Tories over Brexit. They're making inroads into social injustice, which is fantastic. But on the actual issue of the day, Brexit, they're doing nothing. Okay, but you guys already know that because you've listened to this podcast and you've listened to a hundred other podcasts and you've read the papers and you know what's going on. So if you've done all that and you're a fan of the Liberal Democrats or you're not and you have voted for Labour or the Tories in the past and you've also voted Lib Dem and you're a bit of a pro-European and you're looking at the Liberal Democrats, you're probably thinking why haven't they done anything yet? Where's When's when's it coming? You know, when's the change going to come? And I think waiting for a movement of, of people, when are we just going to wait for people to, be, you know, finally realise that, oh, Jeremy Corbyn's full of shit and uh, everything that he's promise to these uh, kids, to these students, the 18, 25-year-olds, these pro-European, pro-European-minded people, oh, that's that's not going to happen. So we're just waiting for, for those people to become disillusioned and come over to us? Mm, okay. What are we hoping for? Anyway, if you've got any ideas, please feel free to tweet us at LimehousePod, or you can just look us up on Facebook. That's the Limehouse Podcast on Facebook. And and what by whatever other means necessary. I would say email the show, but it's probably a waste of time. But yes, anyway, I will see you next week when I've calmed down a bit and had a shower. Cold, cold shower to calm well, hot shower to calm down. Like a cold shower probably pissed me off. But anyway, I hope you've enjoyed the show, uh, and I will see you soon.